Hello, Tom Sedlak here from the Tom Sedwet Podcast, and today we're going to talk about something that we all do almost every single day, kind of without thinking about it, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is typing. We type text messages, we type tweets, we type Instagram messages, everything we do on a smartphone, on a computer, on a tablet, we type using a keyboard of some kind, be it a virtual one on a smart device or a physical one on a computer. But there's actually a lot of interesting stuff that comes with that keyboard. And so that's what we're going to look at today, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to say, Tom said, what about typing? So I'm going to start with a question, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever wondered why the keyboard on your phone or on your computer is laid out the way it is? Well, a couple of fun facts. One that I heard as a story a long time ago, and I have just recently confirmed with some basic research, is that originally when they built the first typewriters, the way that they worked, they would have the keys connected to these bars and the bars would have to swing out and hit a tape with the ink on it that would then put the impression onto the paper or whatever you were typing on. And the earliest typewriters had the issue that if you typed too quickly, the different bars would all get jammed up together and it wouldn't work and would jam quite frequently because people apparently could type faster than the typewriters could keep up with. And so Christopher Scholes, who was the designer on the very first commercially available typewriter in 1874, laid out the keys in what we come to know as the standard QWERTY, Q-W-E-R-T-Y keyboard. It's the one that most of us are all familiar with, at least those of us who uh, work in English. It's, of course, different in almost every other language across the world that they have different keyboard layouts because there are different characters in different languages. But in English, the QWERTY keyboard has come to dominate. The idea with the QWERTY keyboard is it slows you down by putting some of the most commonly used letters not in the home row. The reason for that, again, is to slow people down because the typewriters would jam and eventually that particular technical problem got overcome. But people had gotten used to the QWERTY keyboard and so continue to use it even today, even though we don't have that issue with anything jamming because we're not using typewriters anymore. Of course, we're using computers and tablets and smartphones and things like that. But the QWERTY keyboard continues to persist. So 
Um, that's pretty interesting. At least I think it's pretty interesting um, that something we take for granted, the layout of the keyboard, is something that, you know, obviously had to be invented. And I just think that's pretty interesting. I've been thinking about that a little bit lately. But that leads me to an interesting point. If you were of a certain age, for example, I'm 36 years old, in technology class, part of our computer time would be devoted to learning to type on the keyboard, learning not to look at the keys, learning to use the proper fingers for the different letters on the keyboard because each finger is assigned to specific letters and it's supposed to minimize the motion of your hands and make you more accurate and things like that. And so, I don't know, that to me seems like it was just kind of filler for a technology class. Why was teaching everyone to be as efficient as possible on typing the primary goal of our computer classes, at least when I was in school. Now, once again, I went to private Catholic school for grade school, and then I was at a Catholic high school where I only had to take one semester's worth of technology classes. And by the time I got to college, you were just expected to understand how to use the technology that you wanted to use. And no one was really going to help you out with that unless you specifically asked for it. But why did we spend so much time forcing our fingers onto that home row of keys? A, S, D, F, G, H, J, K, L, semicolon. Those are the home row. That is where your fingers need to rest. Of course, G and H being in the middle and not where your fingers rest initially. But why did we spend so much time on that? Why did we not actually figure out how computers worked? Why were our computer classes more that kind of old-fashioned typing aesthetic? I think it has to do a little bit with the education system as education seems to always be just a little bit behind what the modern necessities are going to be. Maybe for my parents' generation or even the generation right before me, maybe learning to type was an industrial era skill that absolutely had to be nailed into people's heads. But nowadays, People don't necessarily need that particular skill. I mean, most of us pick it up as we go along because as digital natives, we are typing almost all the time. As I said previously, Twitter messages, uh, emails, text messages, all that type of stuff requires you to know how to navigate a keyboard. And when those type of things demand your attention, as for many people it does, that causes people to get proficient at the keys. Now, are people proficient at typing? For example, being able to take dictation? Probably not. Are people proficient at being able to type something like a research paper or a letter of some kind? Somewhat, I would think. 
But I know for myself, it wasn't from those classes that I became proficient at it. I was a terrible typer almost all the way through college. It would take me forever to write research papers because it would take me forever to actually type them. I would rather have just handwritten them and turned them in that way. Of course, that was not acceptable, but I became proficient at the keyboard when I started working and I had to type everything that needed to be done. I had to type up lesson plans as a teacher. I had to type out handouts that needed to go out to parents and to students. It was just from actually working and having to do it that I became proficient at it. It wasn't those classes. Maybe that's because I kind of blew off some of those classes, just kind of did what I needed to and got along on them. But Again, I would much rather my computer classes have been how to code things, how to understand how a computer understands the world, and not this one input device that we are pounding into people's heads, learning to type. And specifically the whole not looking at your fingers thing. I didn't understand that ever. I get as a piano player, how looking at the keys can slow you down and not looking at the things maybe that you're typing or looking at the things that you're trying to transcribe. But in the real world, I feel like no one's gonna be holding their hands over your fingers saying you can't look at the keys. No one's gonna have a cover over your keys to say you can't see what the key letters are, so now you just gotta be able to know where the letters live. That is very unrealistic, and I never understood why it got done. Anyway, my rant about typing over. My apologies to those of you who actually really enjoy teaching typing for some reason. But let's get back to that initial thought I had as to why the keyboard is laid out the way it is. Again, it's kind of at this point become just a standard that everyone understands the QWERTY keyboard layout. But I'll be honest with you, when I became proficient at typing, or at least started becoming proficient at typing, I was originally not that proficient at the QWERTY keyboard. I, most of the time, used a different standard. Again, those of you who are of a certain age, um, again, my generation, being you know in their mid to late 30s at this point you probably learned to type the most proficiently in your teenage years on a t9 keyboard all right although to call it a keyboard is a little generous it was a number pad with the different letters on it and you would have to press more than once for most letters right it's the system where you have letters assigned to the different numbers on a standard telephone number pad, right? And I remember texting, having to press, you know, three times for the letter C on the number two, right? And I became proficient at that, proficient enough that I never liked uh, using any of the shortcuts, any of the abbreviations that were commonplace because of the restrictions of T9 and how you would have to press multiple times for different letters on the keyboard. But the T9 typing was 
the way that, again, I think many people of my generation first became proficient typers. And then eventually you moved on up in the world and got a phone that actually had a full-sized keyboard. I remember that was a big thing when I actually got to pick and pay for the first phone of mine that had a slide-out full QWERTY keyboard and I could text so much faster than I could when I had the just the T9 on the outside of the phone and I remember that as a big deal. I actually still own that phone because I'm a little bit of a tech hoarder. Um, that and I still have never actually figured out how to properly dispose of any sort of electronic device. Anyway, that's uh, probably a topic for a completely different podcast. But the idea here was that I got proficient on a less efficient way of typing and then switched to the slightly more efficient way of typing on the QWERTY layout. And then from there, I think it was just practice over and over again that made me proficient on the ability to type, the way we input things into computers and smartphones and smart devices these days. Now, thinking about all this led me down a little bit of a rabbit hole, thinking about the fact that there are different keyboard layouts, and not just because of different languages. I mentioned that before, that there is a different keyboard layout in almost every language across the world because of the different characters and the different need for keys and things like that for inputs. And apparently, way back at the beginning of keyboards, meaning the beginning of typewriters and things like that, there was a competing layout of keyboard to the QWERTY layout that had become standard. And that layout is known as the Dvorak layout. And it is quite interesting. The Dvorak layout was designed to make it so you could not type a single word with one hand. It was designed to make you alternate hands for almost every single letter. And I'm looking at a diagram of it right now as I'm recording this podcast, and it's got all of the vowels in your left hand of the home row. So, like, the middle row of the keyboard would be A, O, E, U, I, D, H, T, N, S. And the point there is not only to make you alternate your hands for almost every single letter, since you're not normally putting two vowels next to each other, you're normally alternating with consonants, which would be mostly in that right hand if we go back to what that middle row, that home row was. And it is also meant to minimize the distance that your fingers will move on the keys. 
So the, some of the most frequently used letters are the ones that are in the home row, as opposed to the QWERTY layout, which actually had some of the most frequently used letters away from the home row, causing you to move more and causing you to slow down a little bit. But this is a really interesting layout. I have no idea if I would ever be able to learn how to type on this. Although I guess given time, you'll be able to get used to anything. But it just looks really weird. Almost all of the punctuation is up in the top row. Like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But that's, again, because I'm used to the QWERTY keyboard right if i weren't used to the qwerty keyboard this might not seem all that shocking to me but that's a really interesting thought having to alternate between your hands uh, making you slow down a little bit more because you have to you know switch between hands instead of being able to do it all in one hand and in this research that i did about this particular style of keyboard it talks about, again, being able to type words with just one hand. On a standard QWERTY keyboard, the word pumpkin and minimum can be typed with just your right hand on the QWERTY keyboard. And as opposed to on the Dvorak layout, there are very few words that can be typed with only one hand. But some notable ones apparently are papaya and opaque just kind of interesting to see. Apparently, you can try out this Dvorak layout if you want to. You can set it in your operating system. I assume they're talking about Windows for many people, but Apple's operating system, I'm sure, has a feature just like that. It looks interesting. I might try it one of these days, but I didn't even know it existed until, again, I started doing research for this particular podcast. But... Let's think about it. How often do we interact with the world these days through a keyboard? And what type of impact does that have on our lives? How we interact with our devices has an impact on how we communicate to other people. Some of the earliest days of online gaming from my small bit of personal experience with it and from stories told to me by friends and things the best way to communicate back then or the only way to communicate because the data to send voice over the internet was way too much way back in the early days for example of dial-up you had to communicate by typing and if you weren't as good at typing as someone else was you couldn't communicate you couldn't express yourself and so that's an interesting thought there too. How have we made it so that our ability to interact with these devices made it so we can't express ourselves if we're not proficient in enough? A side point here and something that I remember being talked about when texting was just kind of blowing up as the way to communicate with people, at least of a certain generation. and. I guess I would count myself amongst the, that generation, was that because we were only communicating through text, 
we were losing the ability to read the inflection in a person's voice. We were losing the ability to read emotion out of someone's voice. And that was, I think, an interesting point. My students that, you know, obviously have grown up with texting and Twitter and all of that have, you know, basic ability to read, but then seem to miss the emotion in things and sometimes seem to react in ways that aren't congruent with the way that someone is actually speaking to them. A lot of students these days, at least in the demographic that I teach in, if you are seen as at all confrontational with them, they immediately, immediately take that as aggression. And that's an interesting point. Again, that's probably worth an entire podcast in and of itself. But in terms of the topic for today and typing and the idea of a lot of what we consume is through text these days that students didn't learn to read emotion in people they because there is no emotion in text unless of course you're using all sorts of emojis or all sorts of you know capital letters or italicized or underlined or things like that those things come across as emotion but just straight text is not and then that brings me to another quick side point that students at least students of the age that i teach fourth through eighth grade are increasingly moving towards visual and audio media and that's nothing new of course probably since you know the 70s and 80s when television was becoming all the rage and everyone said that you know television was going to make it so that your brain rotted from the inside and things like that increasingly students are latching on to those visual and audio cues those trends on TikTok that they can see it they understand it they can hear it and they understand that that sound connects with them in some way that in some ways now text is not connecting with them so while we are a very technologically advanced kind of society and that everyone can have a phone in their pocket that has the computing power greater than some of the first supercomputers and things like that what are we using it for and that's again that's completely off topic it seems like for our original topic of typing and the keyboard but it's that input into the computer system that is the interesting point for me now as my final point what are we putting into our technology and therefore what are we getting out and that reminds me of one of the only kind of coding things that i remember learning in computer class way back in the day and that that was the idea of garbage in garbage out if you don't know how to input the data properly the computer is not going to know how to give it back to you properly. And then that takes us full circle to the keyboard layout. If the computer doesn't understand what you're trying to type, it's not going to 
give you what you want. And, yeah. Again, today's podcast, today's episode was a little bit more of a freeform kind of thing, just me talking. If you like this style, please let me know. Hit me up on the Twitter account at Tom Said What. Again, that's T O M S E D W H A T on Twitter. Let me know if you're enjoying the show. Let me know what you might change. Let me know what topics you might want me to cover in the future. Other than that, everybody, I hope you are doing well. I hope everyone is safe and healthy. And if you're listening to this when I'm recording it, we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for this COVID-19 pandemic. And I know that's dating this podcast, but um, I have to speak from what's happening right now. But we're seeing the light at the end of that tunnel. Get yourself vaccinated if you can. I know I'm vaccinated. If you object, I understand your objections, but I think the only way we're going to get out of this is if everyone gets vaccinated. So thank you all very much for listening. Again, hit me up on Twitter at Tom Said What. That's T-O-M-S-E-D-W-H-A-T. And have a great day.